Welcome to another special edition of Out the Box Talks. I'm your host, Krill. Big shout out to my brother and co-host, A-Level, who will likely be back for our next new episode. But today, our special guest is an MC. Actually, I consider him a super MC who hails from the great city of Detroit, Michigan. He was a prime member of the successful hip-hop group known as Slum Village. He's had a solo career that has elevated since he's left the group, releasing albums like Nas's tributed Elmatic, collaborating with producer Black Milk for the Preface album, and has recently collaborated with the North Carolina producer Crisis on an album called Jericho Jackson. He is currently one of my top three best MCs for his superior lyrical abilities and often shows up on quite a number of featured tracks with other rap artists. So it is with an absolute honor and great pleasure that I introduce to our listening audience the super lyricist himself, my brother, El Zai, hailing out of Detroit, Michigan. What's good, Al? What up, what up, what up? Good looking for the intro, too, man. What's happening? I'm good, man. I'm good. Like I said, man, I really appreciate you being on the call. I know it's some. it took a little time for me to get you on, but, you know, timing is always when it needs to be. So I'm happy to have you here and, and, and to get this interview going for our listening audience. So first and All foremost, right. brother... What I like to do with these artist spotlight interviews is um, take it a little bit back so that our listeners get a history on the artist, right? So tell us exactly how your pursuit to become an MC all began and where did the inspiration to rhyme absolutely come from first? Uh, well, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and... Um uh, my cousin, uh, Chris Bud, was was like like he was the first person on the block that I heard rapping, and I remember hearing him rap to a beat by Digital Underground called "Do What You Like," and uh, he absolutely killed the joint. And it was like floating around the, the the neighborhood like that. And when I heard it, I got excited for it. You know, I was young. And uh, that pretty much started me off rapping. Dope, dope, dope. So, um, as I understand, and you could clarify for me, you were in a group prior to Slum Village called Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. Can Can you tell the people a little bit about Breakfast Club and you know what that, what that who was comprised in that group? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Breakfast Club was a group that consisted of me. Uh, Big Tone, Lackadaisical, 87, and the singer Dwelle. And we all pretty much like lived like in the same area uh, in, in, uh, in Michigan. And um, yeah, we just, decided, we just decided to come together. We were all solo rappers that decided to, you know, form a group to like, you know, get our name out there. And uh, we made one record and it just kind of like moved around on the internet. Dope, dope, dope. How did um you go from Breakfast Club to becoming a member of Slum Village? 
Well, uh, the Breakfast Club dismantled after a while. Um, and after the Breakfast Club, I was in a group called Nine to Five uh, with my man Nick Speed, who is a super producer, mm. who uh, who was signed to G Unit for a minute, and um, and a guy named Majestic Legend, who's now in a group called Black Opera. And uh, so yeah, I went from the Breakfast Club to like Nine to Five, and then um, and then T Three from the group Slum Village was actually looking for somebody to manage. And so I became his artist at first. Mm. And then from there, he put me on the the upcoming album that they would do called The Trinity, mm. which he showcased to me on like a couple of songs. But I guess those songs that he showcased me on were songs that he was, that the label was sending out to other labels to try to get a distribution deal. And I guess they dug what I, what I had to offer. And so they decided to put me in a group after that. Mm, mm. Now that was a really interesting run, you know, cause I, I'll say about Slum Village, like me personally, I wasn't really too familiar with Slum Village prior to you. But when I think about Slum Village, of course you, you, you think about the original members, you know, of course, Jay Dilla, uh by 10 and t3 um but you when i think about the legacy of slum village you're, you're a prime member you you really stand out so i'm just curious to know in the time that you were in the group what if you had to reflect what would you say is the impact that that group had on your career just the experience of being a member uh it, the impact that it had on my career was pretty much showing me the ropes, you know, mm. of how the, the music industry was, you know, uh, I, I didn't know anything about it. You know, like I was just a kid from Michigan that, that, you know, was making music, going to open mics, you know, trying to get my name out there and have my name ring bells in the city. And, uh, so I had no idea what the music business had to offer until I, I got in the group and, uh, it pretty much showed me, you know, the the, the good times and, and, and the pitfalls that, that come with this business. So I'm appreciative of it all. Mm, indeed. So I definitely want to uh, do this this thing with you for this interview, right? Um, for the remainder of the interview, I'm going to be reciting a few lyrical quotes from your previous music, which will then segue into some more questions. So I just want to give you a heads up on that. All right. Okay. Why? Why? No doubt. So I'm gonna do the first quote. Um, here's what I'll do. I actually stake the quote, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll stake the name of the song. So the first quote goes like this: Who cares about how you stack chips or when your plaque ships? They play your shit, skip tracks, then play mine until the track skips. Now that's coming off of the "Keep Dreaming" track off of. The Lead Poison album, one of my favorite albums from you. Uh, I brought that up, (laughs) no doubt. I brought that up because when I hear you rap, you don't just put words together to rhyme. It's it's more than just punchlines as well. What exactly are you looking for when you sit down to pen a rhyme that will take your lyrics over the top? Mm, What am I looking for? Uh... 
I mean, it, it it pretty much has something to do with the track itself. Like that's that's what really makes me, you know, write the way I do. Like I I feel like all entertainers, whether they subconsciously or consciously know what the track is saying when they listen to a track, mm. and um and you know it's I feel like as artists it's it's on us to translate that to the listener so it pretty much uh depends on what the track is saying man which mm. is going to which is going to reflect on my cadence uh, or or the way that i compose a piece mm. so when you say what the track is saying are you talking about the actual instrumental itself what the instrumental is conveying to you definitely definitely like whatever is whatever that vibe is that i feel like mm. it it it, it the track talks to an artist through through feeling, mm. and once we get that feeling, we're able to communicate what it is through mm. lyrics. So yeah, that's Whatever dope. Conveying to me. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, I, 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 um, like ever since, like, like when I was 16 was when I realized, uh. I, I could actually see like colors in the music, so I think that helps too. Mm. And um, I never knew what that was until I heard Pharrell talking about it. And it's a it's a thing called synesthesia that I have, where um, I'll hear the music and through like the melody and like the instruments, I'm able to like see the colors, like wow. in my in, and I think that's a part of the reason why. Another part of the reason why I I depend on the track to like allow me to do what I do. Wow, it's called synesthesia. Yeah, am I pronouncing it right? <laughs> yeah, synesthesia. Yeah. Wow, I gotta look that up, man. Cause you know I was just gonna yeah, yeah, ask yeah, you. I I was just gonna ask you like um, you know I I'm I'm I've heard other MCs say that right. You know it's it's I I, I dictate my raps based off of what the track is telling me. But not everybody raps like you, <laughs> so oh, wow. that's um that's pretty dope to hear. You know how you actually see the tracks when you hear it. Mm. So yeah, yeah. So um, speaking of lead poison, which is where that track that line came from, you um prior to that album releasing, you went through a sort of a depressing period with the whole Kickstarter controversy and backers not getting their album when they expected, you know, all of that stuff. Tell us honestly what you were going through at that time and how you were eventually able to overcome the depression. Oh man. Um, well, I was able to overcome the depression through, through getting it out of me, which was, you know, writing songs. Like it was that, it was at one point I couldn't write anything. And I think the reason why I couldn't was because I wasn't being true to how I was feeling. Cause at first I didn't want to really reveal that I was going through anything. So when I was trying to write stuff, it just wasn't hidden for me. So, um, I just started writing down how I was feeling for real. And like when I did that, it, when I started off doing that, it was like completely dark. So I had like all these songs that was just like 
like extremely like on a on a dark negative level and i didn't want to put those songs out like that mm. so to get to get to the point that i got to with lead poison it took a bunch of songs to get there because i really wanted lead poison to be like this whimsical shell silverstein tim burton type thing where you know i was giving you my personal but still trying to be playful with it and and the title lead poison comes from you know just me overcoming like the depression because you know uh you know when my when my mom's passed when i when i made my first ep i learned something about writing down my feelings mm. uh when she did when, when when i did that because you know when i wrote them down and i played them back to myself or when I should I say when I wrote the poison down and I played it back to myself, mm-hmm. it came out as like like medicine to me. Like when I heard it, and so that's pretty much what that is. Like the the title is just really the thing that I had to do to overcome the depression, which is wow. write it out of me. Yeah. You know I've read uh, in an article or an interview someone did with you where you talked about how writing has become like therapy for you. But has it always been that? Uh, like, have, have you, like, has that been the case before, but you just didn't recognize it? Yeah, I mean, because, cause like, I, you know, my mom's passed, like, like, like in the 90s or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, so when I, when I wrote songs about her, you know, I, because before I, before that, you know, I was just trying to like, I was just trying to compete in the game. You know, I was just trying to write like the, the illest, you know, things that I could think of and just trying to compete, you know? So when she passed, it was like, it just, I don't know what made me write about it, but I did. And then mm-hmm. I realized that. And then after that, you know, um, like you say, I've, I've, I've been in a couple of groups. I, I did the slump thing and, you know, it was pretty much like when I was writing with Slum. It was, mm. it was, it was trying to not take away what Slum had before I got in the group, because I didn't want to just be all. I didn't want to do like no extreme lyricism with them if they wasn't known for that. So I kind of, and if I was going to do it, I was going to ease into it, like every album that we came out with. Mm. So I wasn't thinking that way. And I guess I forgot along the way, and then, um, and then yeah, you know, when 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 things popped off and it happened like that, I, I guess I did forget until, you know, I just it just kind of snapped mm. back in my mind, like man, maybe I should just write about this stuff, man, and mm. get it out. So it, yeah, it, it did become a form of therapy for me. Wow, wow, you know, I gotta salute you for being open about your depression, um, because so many people go through it and. You know, they, they they feel like they're alone, you know, and you being an artist who's, who's reached many, like putting it out there and then including it through your music is it, it, pretty dope. So I'm glad that you were able to utilize your writing to help you. Was there anything else outside of writing that was able to remedy your depression? Oh, yeah, I was um, I was going to church, mm. um, you know, uh, and, that, and that helped that helped in a major way. Wow. Um, 
and then I and then uh, I mean, you know, I I occasionally try to catch a flick or something, or like, right, you know, uh, you know, try to hang with friends or whatever. But but yeah, I would say church and writing was like the two major things that that helped me get out of my depression. Mm. And um, and yeah, like when I was talking about it when I came out with lead poison, I didn't, and talking about depression, um, I, I felt like I owed it to like my fans, you know, I felt like I owed it to the people that, that listen to my music to know what's really going on with me. Um, mm-hmm. and be, and being real, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and around the time I was talking about it, wasn't too many people talking about it. So it was, it was crazy. Like I would do interviews with people, and once we finished the interview, they would admit, like, "Oh man, I I, I had depression mm. a couple years ago." And so people started talking about it, and then like I feel like maybe like a couple years, or, may, or maybe like a year after that, I started seeing a lot of people come up. Not to say that I was responsible for it, but it seemed like a lot more people started talking about depression, mm. you know. And I started hearing it from different angles from like Kanye to Kid Cudi and mm-hmm. Charlemagne the God and all that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, this is Common just wrote really a book a on dealing with elements of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, it, it, I didn't know, I didn't know how big of a thing it was. Like, mm. cause I'm, you know, I was, I was in my own little world and dealing with it the way that I did and, and being around people who was masking it that, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know everybody was going through it like that, or it was a thing that uh, a, a majority of people had felt at one point in time. But mm. I'm just glad that it's out there, man. You know, people need to, you know, take care of their mental health, man. That's Indeed. that's a big thing. So, Indeed. Yeah. Now, um, you you mentioned church, right? And I was gonna move on, but that that really stuck out to me uh, because. I've seen a lot of people who have went through some really difficult times in their life and it wasn't until they got in touch with their spiritual side or they or they went back to church that things changed. I mean, people really close to me, um, I've seen church or if you want to say spirituality really mm-hmm. have a, a positive impact on their life. Like, what is it about the the church setting or the that spiritual environment that has had that positive impact on you? Well, uh, around that time, I was kind of like, like, like around the time that I was depressed, like I kind of had trust issues. So I wasn't really around too many people like that. And me taking the time to like be by myself and like meditating, I felt through meditation I was getting all these jewels mm. on a spiritual level. Um, and so I would apply those those jewels to my life, and it was helping me out. And so I remember, uh, I remember somebody was taking me to church for the first time, and I remember like my stomach hurting, like like while we was on the way to the church because I I was getting these flashbacks of when I was a kid going to church with my moms and mm. as a kid I didn't like it. It was like one of them small churches and it was hot in there and, you know, people had like the they was they was waving like the little paper fans and I just remember like my uh my my feet hurting in my shoes or whatever, like I was hot, like I was sweaty, like and so I was getting like these like 
it was like it was like these 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 feelings I was getting. My stomach was hurting mm. before I got to the spot. But when I got to the spot, which was the church, and I and I and I was able to sit in, inside and listen to the pastor. Um, he he was pretty much saying things that I was getting on a spiritual level through meditation. Mm. And it was like confirmation for me. I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I always knew God was real, but he just kept saying things back to back in his sermon. And, and, and it was, it was, it was pretty much the things that I was getting while I was meditating. So it was just like, yo, this is crazy. So, um, so from that point on, I started going to church and it wasn't really like the setting. It was like, it was just a good pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. he was, he was pre, he was preaching in a way that I could understand it. And he was dropping jewels that I, that I was able to apply to my life. So that's what that was about. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, man. So I'm so good, brother. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So I want to go to a next quote. Uh, it's interesting that you spoke about your mom earlier. This next quote, it goes, I'm trying to get to memory lane, but wonder should I take the train of thought or hop up on a mental plane? So obviously it's from the, the track Memory Lane off of Elmatic, the Nas tributed album that you did. So um, you also talk about your mom in, in that song and her being sick and as you just said, you know, she passed away some years ago. Certainly rest in peace to her. Um, Good luck, man. Definitely. What type of wisdom did you gain from your mom while she was alive that has really helped you to be successful or have a good outlook on life today? I would say the biggest thing, which was, I mean, you know, she she left the earth too soon, and I felt like she was trying to set an example where, uh, you know, um, as best as she could, like I like I feel like if she was still around, like she would probably like put me up on like all types of stuff she was doing, like the good, the bad. But you know, I never really got a chance to know that side, uh, the, uh you know, or the the mischievous side of my mom. Mm. But um, what she what she was stuck with me. A thing that she used to always say to me was, uh, "Everything happens for a reason." That's what she. That's what she would say to me. And uh, I carried that with me ever since she said it. And another thing that she used to have me do was um, she used to have me like, like, like at the end of every year, she would, she would have me like write down the things that I was like the goals that I wanted to achieve or the things that I wanted to obtain on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and, like fold it up and like put it in the closet and forget about it. And just and just do my thing, and uh, that helped too because because I learned when you do that, um, which is interesting. If 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 you never did it, you should do it, because mm-hmm. at because at the end of the year, you go back and look at the thing that the things that you wrote on the paper, and you damn near crossing off everything that you wrote down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all it was a form of like manifestation. So I learned Definitely. manifesting Definitely. things through her as well so yeah she dropped she dropped 
some major life jewels on me, man, that I that I still uh, uphold to this day. Mm. Yo, isn't it dope how like legacy? When we think about legacy, we often think it's like okay, my my pops or my mom's left a certain monetary inheritance, but like legacy is like way bigger than that, man. Like jewels, just words that you hear from family members that when you become an adult you reflect on and that that's dope yeah man it's yeah. real dope i mean that's that that's that spiritual food man indeed indeed mm-hmm. so what i want to do l is i want to take a quick music break and we'll definitely come back and talk to you some more um let's go into something from you do you want to do something new old you pick whatever track you want to pick i'll let you go into it Mm. Wow. Um man. Uh we, we can go into that uh we can go into that self made. Self made. Yeah, Jericho Jackson, yeah. Exactly. So let's do that. We'll go into self made from Jericho Jackson. Keep it locked right here on Out the Box Talks. I'm your host Krill. I got my brother Elsa on the line and we will come right back. All right, we're back. You in tune to Out the Box Talks. I'm your host, Krill. I got a brother who is extremely intelligent, one of the best lyricists in the game, in my opinion. His name is El Zai. He's hailing from Detroit, Michigan. Thank you for staying on the line with me, El. No doubt. Indeed. So um, one of the things I have to say that is uh, a bit disappointing as it relates to your career and it, it definitely has nothing to do with you personally, but more so the recognition of your career, um, is that you never really get um, those that industry recognition as like the top five or top 10 best MCs. Like I see Nas, of course, Black Thought, Andre 3000, Jizza, KRS. I mean, it's it's a it's a long it's a it's a really solid list, but I'd be like, damn, like me personally, like you in my top three, and I know I said that before, but I emphasize it because <laughs> I think you just that good, bro. So I'm curious you, to bro. know, in your honest opinion, what do you think are some factors that might have an effect on you not showing up on these top lists, top MC lists? Uh, yeah, just just awareness pretty much you know like uh when you when you speak of somebody like Nas like like Nas had a had an impact when he dropped that Illmatic and like the the people that he surrounded himself with uh which is the super producers that contribute to that record I mean you know that record is going to live on forever and, and you couldn't help but you couldn't help but to not take notice to it or like a you know, black thought, like he's he's more in the public eye. Um, all these other cats, I just feel like it's awareness. But, you know, it it's you know, it's it's um it's, it's deep because I I meet these cats and I run into them and they they always give me the props and I always appreciate it. And it's it's dope that they know what I do. Indeed. You know, but I felt like, but I felt like, you know, it's just an awareness thing. It's like, you know, in this day and age, like you, you kind of got to be, 
you know, online, you know, 24-7, like, on your socials or, you know, um, or be a part of, like, a, 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 a major label which can promote you and push you out there so people can see you. Um, but uh, I, I would just chop it chop it up to that, man. I mean, you know, it's still people that really don't know, like, and, and I'll be on my Instagram and, you know, Every other day, I'll get somebody that hit me up. Like, man, I just got on. I just got onto your music, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so it's like. I, I think, I think, low key, I think it's kind of cool, man. That you know, you always a new MC to somebody who never heard you. That's true. And um, and and the, and the thing is, I mean, you know, I got a lot more, more music to give. So it's like, you know, I, I look at it like, you know, it ain't over. Like, you know next year could be a totally different situation but um you know i don't really it don't really bother me like that man because i know the love that i get from the people that you know that follow me on my socials as well as the people in the industry that that the people outside of the industry consider to be great so it's all love i could definitely dig it and and i i think it's rewarding to know that you're a favorite MC's favorite MC, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right, Good looking. So, um, yeah. here's a next quote. The first verse is about a kid named Quentin, young and wild, brung a child onto this planet. He doesn't claim, scoop chicks using his cousin's name, and plays a dozen games. Think he knows it all and still tries to fit in like when your clothes get small. That is from a song called Two Sixteens off of the Lead Poison album. I know I keep going back to that album. No, it's all good. But that's bro. my joint. I appreciate it, man. Thank now, you, man. Thank indeed, you. indeed. Now, that song obviously has a really dope message, right? But what makes this song really, really dope is not just the message. It has some really creative elements. To me, rem reminiscent of like a, a really good suspense movie, like, you know those movies where you gotta like go back and find a scene and 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 really decode some things to tie pieces together. Like, talk to me a little bit about um, how that track was crafted. You know, like exactly tell the listeners what what that track is about and everything mm. you wanted to convey creatively with that song. Uh. Yeah, the, the 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 track is about two sixteen year old uh, kids coming together and um and, and life getting in the way and some things happen and um and I'm just describing the whole ordeal, but how it came about was how you know people online. I felt like I was seeing a lot of people online just just talking about how they just wanted hot shit. Like, I just want a hot 16 from you. Mm -hmm. I just want to, you know, I just, I just want a couple 16 bars from you, man. Like, and, and so, you know, my brain, like it, it you know, it's kind of different. So when I saw that, I was like, you know, you say you want two 16s, I'm gonna give you two 16. So it's kind of like, you know, it, it was, it was kind of like me taking what they were saying and just flipping it like that. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, so that's, yeah. <laughs> I love the way you flipped it because you, you hit them with, okay, this what y'all want? All right, I'm going to give y'all that, but I'm going I'm I'm to put some medicine in this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's yeah, what's that's up. Crazy. 
you know, I did a lecture series once um, with um, a group of teenagers in an after-school program, and I played two 16s for them because the whole lecture series was about getting young people to have an open mind when it comes to listening to hip-hop, right? That um, everything in hip-hop is not just about how much dope clothes you got or, you know, how much cars and chains you got, but, you know, it could be an art form that you could actually learn from and it it could be really creative too. And um, when I was able to tie in... Like, there's a point in that song where you literally, like, have to listen to... You got to listen to the song again to see where the two characters in the two different verses connect. And when I was able to show that to them, they were like, wow. Like, it was, it was like, on another level. Like, they... Almost like they hadn't heard, you know, a, a, a piece of hip-hop like that, you know? So, wow. it, it was pretty dope, you know? Good looking, man. Good looking. Yeah, I've always been a fan of like cinema, man. You know, like even even as a kid, man, I used to used to watch a lot of movies, man. And um and so, you know, I call I call pieces like that audio cinematic. Like mm. I just try to I just try to make you see something or picture something that I'm saying through through the music. And you know, I I I got that from from uh, artists like Ice Cube. Like Ice Cube, at one point, was one of my favorite artists. Um, mm. You know, uh, a deficit, America's Most Wanted, Death Certificate. Like he can paint a picture. And um, yeah, man. So I just, I just, I'm just trying to carry that legacy on, man. I'm just, I'm just glad people are are able to get it. And see it that way, man. That's dope, man. I appreciate you playing that for them too, man. That's, no doubt, no doubt. It was cool. that and another track that um, God, what is that? It escapes me. But it was a track that Royce did, where he was talking about his baby being born and his grandmother dying at the same time. Like I forget the name mm-hmm. of the track. I know track. what you're talking about. That blew their mind, man. Yeah. Those two tracks was like, wow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a true story too. That Royce Word. story. That's that crazy. Yeah. Word. So, um, here's a bonus quote that I have. This one is actually more recent too. Haters rooting for me to fail, so my highs get low as a hoe who shake a tail and her thighs hit the floor. Now, when I heard that line, I was like, "That's from the um." Let me say, that's from the new album that Diamond D put out. It's called "I Can't Lose." That's the track. When I heard the line, I was like, "Yo." How dope is that? Like, you could have easily said something like, um, get as low as, like, hitting rock bottom. But you said, they want me to fail so that my highs get low as a hoe who shakes her tail and her thighs hit the floor. You know how low she has to get? (laughs) For... You know, so I thought that was pretty dope. Like, you really painted a picture where you wanted the listener to visually see how low you really mean. So, salute. Yeah. But good looking, man. <laughs> good looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shout out to Diamond D, too, man, for uh, allowing me to be a part of that, that project. Legend. Yeah. Legendary. He's a legend. 
do you do you always strive to like paint those kinds of pictures? I mean, I know you have different approaches with your with your with your rhymes, but like I'm me, I'm always curious to like, yo, what's going through L's head? Like he he could have chose a real simple way to say that, but he chose the clever way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I I like to, I like to play with words, man. Like like I, I remember um I remember at one point in time, like I was this was like years and years and years ago. Like I remember uh really getting off into patterns and but I, I was rhyming abstract at the same time and my man Dave was like he couldn't really understand what I was he couldn't really follow the verse like that. I mean, he heard like the, the, the patterns and everything, but he couldn't follow it because it was too abstract. So I was just like, okay, all right, cool. And my man Paige Kennedy told me the same thing, mm. piece of them cats. And, uh, and so I was like, man, I, I want to say what I want to say, but I want to be able to like use, you know, wordplay in what I'm saying. So I kind of want to say it like I'm, like a straightforward sentence, like I'm talking to somebody, but while I'm doing that, you got all these patterns and rhyme inside of rhymes and shadow boxes and mm-hmm. all this stuff that I'm doing in the in in what I'm saying. So if you if you don't know nothing about that, I I, I wanted you to understand what I was saying and and maybe like maybe think the line was clever without knowing I was doing all that. And then later on, when you find out I'm doing all that, I, I kind of wanted you to, I kind of wanted the listener to be surprised, like to hear all the stuff that I was doing behind the scenes. So, so yeah, when I'm, when I'm doing something like that, I want to get my point across, but at the same time, you know, because I love to play with words, I kind of like, I like to build it like Legos pretty much. So mm. that's why I do that. Dope, dope, dope. Now, my co-host, A-Level, who usually is with me, he's just not with me today. Um, He's a big fan of Detroit hip-hop. He had a few questions he wanted to ask, so I'll just, you know, share it with you. Um, He wanted to know, amongst all the producers and projects you've had an opportunity to play a part in, which which of them were the greatest experience? So, in terms of the producers you've worked with. Hmm. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, uh, man, I, all of them was incredible. Um, but I, you know, I would have to say, you know, of course, I have to say Jay Diller. Of course. Um, because um, I mean, if, if you know who Jay Diller is, you, of course. I, I probably don't even have to explain myself. Is it's, it's like Jay Diller was like like lightning in a bottle, you know what I'm saying? Like like his his talent was unmatched. Like he, you know, and to see that in the studio, like to see him composing a a, a beat in the studio is, I mean, it's it, it's a blessing, you know, just to see a person work with that with his craft in that way. I mean, he was a straight up scientist. Mm. Um. And, and sort of, you know, so the vibes was always right when I was in the studio with Dilla. Um, so yeah, I'll have to go with Dilla. With Dilla. But I, I, but I, but I work, but I work with, with you know, from, you know, little brother, to, you know, to my man Conway. You know what I'm saying? Like all the experiences was dope, though. Indeed, indeed. 
what would you consider to be like your 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 or one of your best memories of um working or communicating with Dilla? Oh man, it's a couple of them, so man. Many, um, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, we had some good times working on um uh, working on Love It Here, like uh good times working on a uh, concrete eyes uh man i remember uh dilla called me up hype man like 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 he had hit me up like this was like maybe i don't know like some months after like the uh the album he put together called welcome to detroit came out mm-hmm. um he had hit me up like and it was crazy because if you knew Dilla, Dilla wasn't just hitting you back to back, leaving voice messages like that on your phone. Mm. And uh, and so I get to the crib and I, I check my voicemail like on a, on a landline, and he left me like three messages. Man, he like man, hit me up, hit me up. And it was just cool to hear him excited about the fact that uh that Dr. Dre was coming down and he wanted to uh link up with him, but he also wanted to link up with me. Wow. And um, Dre wanted to link up and, with you. And, yeah, what what he was telling me that Dre heard the song off the Welcome to Detroit that I did, mm. and he had interest in like meeting me at that time, and just like just the excitement that he had, man, it was pretty dope to see him in that in that element like that. Wow, that's dope, man. Thanks for for putting us on, man. That's dope. So my my co-host uh, A Level, he also had another question. He asked. Um, is there going to be an album? Because obviously you've worked with Royce a number of times, but is there an album in the works for you and Royce, like a collabo album? Uh, not at the moment. Okay. Um, we 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 have talked about it. I mean, and it's something that we both are down to do. But it the time would have to, it would you know we would both have to find the time to actually do that. But. Okay. But yeah, but it has been a conversation. Indeed. So, um, I know you said earlier that uh, uh, you you were influenced. What did you say? Did you say Ice Cube? Oh yeah. Ice Cube was like a heavy influence on you as an MC. Outside of N- Ice Cube, uh, which other MCs have inspired your pen game the most? Man, um, I would say uh. I say Slick Rick, um, mm. Nasir Jones. I like, I like, you know, of course Nas. Um, uh, Rakim. Okay. You know, Rakim was 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 ill with it. Uh, still ill with it. Um, um, uh, definitely. Um, boy, Big Biggie Smalls, Biggie. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, those are the MCs. But when you talk about like, you know, a lot of stuff inspired my pen game. But mm. but as far as MCs, that's just a few. That makes total sense. The greats. Yeah, yeah. Lord Finesse, you know, cats like that. Yeah. Cool G rap. Yes, definitely. I could see that. Yeah. So um, yeah. I got one more quote 
Uh, this one is off of the preface album you did with Black Milk years ago. It goes, It was a dude named Kev. He went to church on a Sunday and turned his back on the Rev. Aleutian. Bet. You caught on yet? Okay, your dogs turned to scaredy cat when facing the vet. Anarian. <laughs> I'm just giving a little sample of it. There's so <laughs> right, much right, on right, that. Right. On that. Um, on that song itself, it's called "Guessing Game" off of the Preface album. Which is is the Preface album available still? Like, can you find it online? Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> it, it, we 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 got plan we got plans to bring it back. Okay, so yeah, it's it, it's not it's not on there right now. Right, right, right. That's one of my but favorites. We, Luckily, uh, I got look, the physical copy. Got, Good looking, man. Yeah, we got plans to bring it back, so it sh it should be back this year. Dope, dope, dope. So, um, I I, I really want to talk a little bit about the music on the Preface album because, um, as I said before, you don't just rap. Like on this album, you're also like lyrically uh, creating music through word association games, like. It's a lot of word association games on this album, like Guessing Game, like Demons, like Colors, all those songs. It's like straight up, yeah, it's like you listening, the experience is like fun, you know, like you got to uncover certain things, you know. So what inspired these word association concepts at the time of the preface? <laughs> uh it was just me trying to trying to uh just do something different man like i i've always been a fan of like people who can create something that i've never heard before and i felt like you know like once again i felt like ice cube has done it i felt mm -hmm. like eminem has done it um you know for him to write a song like stan was like major for me or like or like uh or guilty conscience. I'm like, man, how you pull that off? You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and think about that and execute it correctly. And so I always got hype off of artists who could actually bring something new to the table. And so yeah, that was just me trying to be creative. I never heard of someone make a concept like that to, you know, like a guessing game concept. Mm -hmm. So I, I was just like, so I was just like, okay, let me do it. Like, you know, or like, you know, colors or whatever, or, or demons, you know, mm -hmm. I just, I just wanted to do something different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I, you know, and that, and that's why I feel like, L, I feel like you're so underrated, man. And you, you explain the reasons why, right? You know, in terms of people being more aware, but it's like, damn, like, how could people not experience this level of lyricism? You know, like, I mean, there's a lot of MCs that are out there. Um, great MCs that you know I'm sure show up on that top ten list often that don't rap like you, brother. So again, man, salute. Um, because I appreciate it, man. I'm gonna tell the listeners out there that have not heard that album. Um, I know it's probably hard for them to get now, but like I'm sure they could probably <laughs> look online and find a couple of those tracks to listen to. But like, just yo, that's a powerful album man like it just in terms of the uh, lyrical wordplay yeah indeed good looking man I, I i mean it's crazy like when when we did that record it was like you know it 
it was like probably like one of my one of my fastest records I did. Mm. Um, at the time, uh, it was so yeah. You know, I'm just you know it, it's it, it's dope to hear that you say that, man. Because it was like I was really just kind of going in there and trying to you know put something new out there, man. So I'm I'm, I'm glad people dug it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean yeah, it. Yeah. it 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 in the way that it came out it did seem kind of fast but um i i when listening to it i was like this album has some concepts to it like this ain't just an album that you just threw words together like you literally had some creative concepts and you know your other albums have had that but like that album has like track on top of track with concepts you know like the song where you were talking about I think it's it's talking about like sleeping and the nightmares you had while you were sleeping. Like all uh, of that shit is concept. You know what I mean? Yeah, you talking about talking in my sleep? Talking in my sleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, good luck. So the the last album you you did um was a collabo effort with um Crisis entitled Jericho Jackson, producer Crisis. What was it like working with Crisis? Did you actually go down to NC and were you a part of the whole Soul Council experience out there? Yeah, I actually, I actually flew out there to record that record. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just us um, every morning, man. Like, 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 I felt like every morning we was, uh, we was getting breakfast, man. At uh, a <laughs> what's the name of that place? Bojangles. Okay. Like we was getting breakfast at Bojangles, um, and that was the first time I ever had that. We don't really had that in the D, um, and so we was getting Bojangles, and then we was just working on music, man, and mm. trying, trying, trying to make, trying to make a, a good record. Mm. How how was that experience um, working with Crisis impactful to your just your lyrical career? Like, what did you gain from the one-on-one collaboration with him. Uh, new, I gained like new techniques and how to record. Mm. Um, like just behind the scenes, like things of, of uh, you know, taking vocals and and edging them to the right or to the left if need be. You know, like just little technical stuff, man. That 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 I took away from the experience. Indeed, indeed. Now you you often do a lot of features, right? Um and I'm I gotta say for me, for our station out the box radio, anything that you're featured on, we play on the station. Like literally anything we play on the station. What when it comes to features though, like what has to be in place for you to do a feature? Like what what are some elements that needs to be in place from the artist that's requesting the feature? For you to say, okay, I want my vocals to be on that. Uh, it's easy, man. Like the, I, you know, I mean, other than much, the money. For, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the most part, I mean, for, for the most part, that I gotta think the beat is right, or I gotta think the song is dope. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah, it's, it's gotta be. It's, it's, it's. I gotta feel like the production is cool. Okay. And it's like, okay, yeah, let me. Let me hop on that. Like, like, and and a lot of times, um, especially nowadays, like, you know, 
even if the money is there, if the song, if the beat isn't right, I might, I might have to have them send me something else, or if they they don't have it, then I, I might not be able to do it. So, mm. Mm. but the, but but the music gotta be, yeah, the music gotta be, got it's gotta be up there. Dope, dope. Now, L, I'm not privy to this, but maybe you could put me on if you know, you know, at this point. Um, have you done any ghost writing? For like other artists, uh, I have, I okay. have, uh, um, not too, not too many, but I okay. have. Okay. So, um, I mean, if you care to share any names, definitely. But if not, that's fine. But I'm just curious to know because you're so talented lyrically. Like, is that something you see yourself doing more, or like where? Where would you like to see your writing ability stretch to? Do you just see it being in hip hop or do you want to write actual movies, books? Like is is there another goal for the the writing? Yeah, definitely. Definitely uh I want to get into uh writing uh yeah, like like movies, screenplays, books, um oh. Yeah, pretty much anything that I can do where I can lend my or where I can lend my pen to, I'm definitely trying to get into it. So, yeah, all of the above. Indeed, I, I I'll say for the record, like if if you write a novel, it's something I would be highly interested in in reading, just because of your approach when it comes to writing and your music. Like I feel like that would be a pretty pretty clever story to read about so you know good good look yeah i got some tricks on my sleeve too no but, doubt. uh yeah but good luck brother who did the artwork for lead poison because that that artwork is is like it stands out oh man my man chris barr mm -hmm. uh amazing artist uh from out in baltimore yeah he 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 got it you know what mm. i'm saying like uh um, I wish I knew his uh, socials right now, but okay. but um, no, he's he's amazing at what he does, man. Like like if you was to go on his page and check out his art, he he on a whole nother level. He did like a uh, he did like a uh, 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 he was inspired to do a picture for one of the songs off of Jericho Jackson, mm. uh, Cuffin Season, where he where he made the street somehow he had the street curl up and it was like it was like buildings on the street and the street curled up so like the buildings up top was hanging upside down and it looked like teeth wow and and he was inspired off of a line where i said uh stay alert look alive that's the ritual don't get ate up by the same blocks that get you full wow and and so he he created that. I mean, it looked ill. It looked. I wish I had a social so you could uh, so you could check yeah, it out. Yeah, send man. it he, to me. Yeah, um, he, he's 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 one of the best, man. Send it to me, man. Yeah, um, yeah, I send, yeah, I send yeah, it to you. Yeah, I send definitely it to send it to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another line off of um Jericho Jackson. Um, God, it's escaping me. I didn't write this one down, but um, you were saying something about um. Because I eat when I'm depressed. I'm so sorry for the weight. 
Oh, right. <laughs> Dad, what I heard. And then the beat, like that beat that Crisis hit you with, like, woo. When it comes oh, on, man. like, I totally understand what you mean by, you know, how the beat affects your lyrics. Like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so I mean, sorry for the wait. Not, not the, <laughs> not just the wait. You know that it took for that, you know, for um, for the for that album to come out, but the W E I G H T. Dope, dope. Good looking, man. Appreciate it. Indeed. So, Elza, I definitely want to thank you again for being here with me. Um, before we get out of here, tell the people out there what's next, what's immediately next for you as far as releases, as far as music. I'm patiently waiting for the next project. Is there anything you want to share? Uh, yeah, I, I've been working on a lot of music, man. I, you know, and I, you know, being in the game for as long as I have, I kind of don't want to announce anything yet until things get finalized. But okay, but yeah, but I, I've been working on a lot of music, and I would say expect to hear and see. Uh, more material from me this year. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say when. Uh, okay. Hopefully, it's sometime soon. But but it 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 will pop off this year. And um, yeah, man. I mean, sure. I just want to. You know, anybody that's listening that that is up on what I do, I just want to appreciate. I, I want to let them know I appreciate them uh, for for sticking with me this long. And 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 yeah, man. You know, we're just going to keep going. Indeed. Are we going to see a full length? I'm just pushing a little bit. Are we going to see at least a full length before the year is up? Oh, I mean, I... I, I or EP? I mean, low-key, low-key, like, my hopes would be that you see a couple. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? But 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 if not, definitely you're, definitely a full, full length is... Is, is is extremely possible for this year. Uh, I mean, yes. that's without a doubt. So so yeah, but but and I would hope I in in my hopes, like if if we was living in a perfect world, you know, I would I would want to put out a couple. You know what I'm saying? So nice. But yeah, it's 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 definitely gonna be a full length this year. Definitely. Thank you so much, Al. I wish you all the best, man. Thank you for taking the time once again. I'm just amazed to have have this conversation with you, man. And like I said, any new music that you put out, we always support on our radio station. Keep grinding, man, and keep doing your thing, man. All the best in the future endeavors. All right? Good looking, brother. Good looking. I appreciate it. All right. So we're about to be out of here. Thank you to the brother Elzai again. Be sure to check us out. Online on our at our radio station, our 24 internet radio station, Out the Box Radio. Um, you can also catch us on our bi-weekly podcast, Out the Box Talks, which airs on a few different streaming podcast streaming platforms like Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. So definitely keep it locked here with Out the Box Talks. We'll be having much more interviews with artists who are pushing the culture of hip-hop forward. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Peace.